Get me started here. Get our warm up on. All right. Let's go, Cookie. Let's see those moves. <laughs> All righty. Episode 11. Here we go. We, uh, we are officially on iTunes and Google Play now, so everybody, if you can, please subscribe to us, give us a five-star rating, all that good stuff, so we can move up on the rankings. Uh, we are the only girls uh, wrestling podcast that we know of, that we've been able to find, and we've searched high and low. Today, we have very, very, very special guests, and the first time we're ever doing two guests at one time, and that is Monica Serrato and her beautiful daughter, Cookie. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thanks for having yeah. us. Oh, awesome. We're super happy to have you. Okay, Mom. In true typical parent fashion, we're going to have you step aside for just a second. We're going to talk to the little first, okay? Because right. that's why we're here, Sounds these good. girls. How are you, Cookie? Good. How are you? Good, good. So uh, we don't want to take too much of your time, so we're going to jump right in if you don't mind. So let's start with the very beginning. Give us your name, give us your age, and how long you've been wrestling. Yeah. My, My name, name is Cookie. Uh, I'm eight years old. And I started wrestling when I was five, almost six. Okay, good. Mom, if you could, can you just scoot a little bit away from her? I think we're getting a little bit of an echo from it. I think that's something we didn't hear before. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. So, okay, uh, Josh, you want to hit the second question? Yeah. Oh, we got the second one. Go third one, actually. All right. Um, I know I'm having microphone problems. Um, how did you get started in wrestling? Well, why my sister... Uh -huh. Started wrestling. I started wrestling. I started having fun. I wanted to try it. Okay. Awesome. And I, I, and awesome. I tried it one day and I loved it, so I kept doing it. There we go. Awesome. So you so you liked it, huh? So what what exactly kind of drew you to it? What what made you want to get out there and like when you're sitting there watching your sister, what part of it were you like, I wanted to, I want to do that? Well, my well, sister, my sister had, had a lot of fun. Lot of fun. After, after practice, she would be like, Mom, Mom, are we going, going tomorrow? Like, she's having so much fun. So I wanted to try it. Okay, that's awesome. Um, Monica, if you could. Oh, no, actually, hang on. I could do it here. I'm just going to mute your mic for a second. Yeah, I think that's probably where some of the feedback's coming. So I'm just going to okay. mute it. And then I'll unmute it afterward. There we go. Okay. All right, so um, that's awesome, Cookie. So you, it's mainly because you saw she was having fun and she was really eager to go back again? Mm-hmm. All right, so are you, are you competitive with your sister? Did you think like, oh, I could beat her? Or was it more just like you wanted to join the fun? I wanted to join the fun. Oh, okay, awesome. Um, so, okay, so when, um, sorry, I'm, I'm reading through some of the, some of the notes I have here uh, for her, so, um, what's your favorite move now that you're out there and you're wrestling? What's your favorite move? Um, I think my favorite move, uh, I think it's to have because I'm very powerful with it. Like in script, like not in scrimmages, but like at, at practice, like I get it really hard and 
That's good. And then do you do you have a favorite singlet right now? What's your favorite singlet? Um, my favorite singlet, uh, I don't know. I don't have one. I think I like the trolls from, I don't know. That's cool. I could, I could get with that one for sure. Um, and then you, I, I'm assuming you have a lot of shoes in your house. So, uh, what's your favorite wrestling shoe to wear? Um, I like the JBs because I have the black ones right now. Uh, I don't know what pair I'm going to have next. My dad oh. bought me the white ones, uh -huh. so I think I'm going to wear those next. Ooh, that's pretty slick. Well, if you want them customized, let me know. I know somebody that can paint them for you and put cookie on the side for you. <laughs> All right. Josh, do you want to go ahead and get the next one? Yeah. Um, what what do you want kids and girls that don't know anything about wrestling? What do you want them to know? Like, how, how would you go about telling your friends how cool wrestling is for you? Um, well, we started Girls on the Mat, and um, I think if they tried Girls on the Mat, they would have had so much fun, because like, just girl practices. Once they do a couple of those, I think they should start trying the like the ones at Grappler Studio, so they can try and match and see if they like it. And if they like it, they can keep doing it. That's cool. That's so you think that's important then, that girls have their own practice and maybe they'll feel a little bit better because maybe mm -hmm. they're not comfortable with the boys? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good thing. I think it's good that people will feel comfortable with it, especially if they're your friends, right? You want them to come out and have the fun that you're having. So... Okay, so back to back to your gear. If you can make a singlet with anything on it, a favorite cartoon, a favorite picture, a favorite saying, what would it be? What would you want on a on a singlet? Um, I would want a train like passing by with a cookie on it that's standing and it's flexing. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you want like their arms up flexing? How would you show me? Show, yeah, me, like show, that. show me how you want them flexing. Uh, uh, hold on, let me stand. Up. Just stand the phone up right there. Our mom can hold it for you. Yeah, let's see. Let's get mom holding it up. I want to see how Cookie wants the Cookie flexing. Uh. <laughs> like that, big guns. <laughs> that would be really cool. I like that. All right, that's pretty cool. All right, what do you got for her, Josh? That's neat. <laughs> um, what what's your favorite food after a tournament? You like pizza, hamburgers, or something else? What's your favorite food? Well, I like eating tacos after. Uh, what kind of tacos? tacos? What kind? What uh, kind? I don't know. Do you like any the kind of salad? Do you like the steak? Do you like the chicken? Do you, or do you go crazy? Do you like the tongue? Or do you like what? What kind do you like? I think I like the carne asada. Oh, that is right. That's the best one. Wrong. Yeah, you can never go wrong with those, huh? <laughs> so, I think that you like the tournaments then with with the good snack bars. Then, see, those are usually the ones with the tacos at them, right? <laughs> those would be good. So, <clears throat> when you're at practice then and you're with all these new girls, okay? Um, do you are you mostly helping the other girls, or are you just in there training for yourself? Well, um, I'm helping the girls so they can get better because, like, 
I've went with the girl the first practice, and they learned a lot um, at the first practice, and they got they were like really good. So when we went live, I like kind of went easy, and then I went hard, and she she's really good, and now she's gotten better. Oh, that's who is she? Who's your who's your partner? Who's the one you usually? Work well, the with? one I usually uh, drill with. Her name is April. Mm -hmm. And is she your friend from school, or did did she find out about you guys some other way? She found out of, of she found out another way. Oh, another way. Okay. And then, so right now at at the the practices with just the girls, how many girls do you have about? Uh, maybe like twenty. Okay, that's a good group, huh? And it's different ages. Yeah, really different ages. Like. I think it's up to 12, or I don't know. Oh, okay. So when you practice, do you do you like to practice with boys too, or do you prefer to practice with the girls? I think I prefer practicing with boys so I can get better. Oh, so you can get challenged more? Yeah. That's honest. That's good. What What's the difference between wrestling a boy and wrestling a girl? Because I don't know. So I think boys... I think the boys had more experience because maybe they started before us mm -hmm. um, and they had more experience. So it's challenging for me or the other girls to wrestle boys. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds fun. Now, um, when who's running the practices for you? Like who's the coach at the practices for the girls? For the girls? Yes. Usually my dad is, but when, if he's traveling, then um, Alex is. Oh, okay. So that's good. Now, I got a question for you. You ready? If you walked home and you went to the room and there's a mat on the floor and your mama is in red. Wait, no, wait, I better change that because your dad went to school in Santa Ana and that was red. So your dad's in red and your mom's in blue and they're going to wrestle each other. Who's, who are you going to root for first? <laughs> I'm going to, I think I'm going to root for mommy. For mommy? Mom. <laughs> yeah. Ah. And then what takedown is she going to hit on your daddy? Uh, a high C lift. High C, oh, she's going to lift? Oh, she's going to lift. <laughs> she's, she's going for five, huh? She's going, she's going big move. <laughs> big four there, huh? <laughs> And daddy's going over the top, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds pretty interesting. All right. Well, we want to thank you, Cookie, for coming on. We appreciate it. We're really happy that you're doing what you're doing. We really liked your video, and we like that you have the, the girls on the mat. I think it gives a lot of opportunities to the girls in your area. So they, even though they may not know it, they're very lucky that they have you and, and your team and your parents to help kind of grow the sport. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a fan of the sport and somebody who will definitely be looking at, you know, 2040, when you're out there in your second cycle, we'll be cheering for you. <laughs> good job, Cookie. Keep up the good work. All right. Let's talk to mom now. Okay. All right. Let's see. All right. How you doing, Monica? Good. Good. How are you, how you feeling today? Good. 
Good. Awesome. Well, we thank you guys for coming on. We know you guys are busy and you're running a big household. It's not just the two of you and, and Fernando. You got, you know, more than the, that in the house. So we appreciate you making time for us. That's for sure. Uh, Josh, you want to get it started? Sure. Um, what what years and where did you wrestle? And I know you in the girl in the video of Cookie that you wrestled. Where did you wrestle and for what? What time period? I started in 96. Um, I wrestled at Estancia High School three years. Um, so I started my sophomore year um, and then one year at Golden West College. Awesome. All right. So uh, Coach Defner was the coach there when you were there? Yep. Yeah. Dale's, Dale was around for a long Legend. time. Man. And yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, when I was in high school, I graduated in 94. But I can remember being a kid back in 89, 90 and going into Golden West and seeing, you know, Dale there for the first time and wondering, like, is this guy going to be cool? Is he going to, you know, it's going to be okay with this little big head coming in? And, uh, you know, he's, he was always super welcoming, you know, always. Oh, yeah. welcoming. He was, he was old when, he was old when I was a kid and I, I graduated in 97 and he's still out there refing. Yeah. And he's still old 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say the guy doesn't age, so I mean, he does a good thing, but he's he is timeless, that's for sure. And he is one of the yeah. what I consider the OGs, you know, when I started wrestling, and he's one of the first ones I remember. So, uh, it, you know, it was great to have that guy around and, and grow in the sport in that area. So, um, uh, how long did you wrestle for, though? You started in '96, but how long did you go till? Um, only that one year at JC at Golden West, so for four years total. Okay, four years total. And then yeah. from there, where did you, where did you, did you transfer out somewhere? Did you? Um, I ended up moving to Boston with Fernando. He got a job coaching at Boston University. Um, and that was, I mean, I drilled with them and I went to their practices and stuff. And that was really cool. But um, that was kind of it for me. You know, back then there wasn't a whole lot. There was stuff out there for girls, but I think it just wasn't as known. Um mm -hmm. You know, once my kids started getting into it and I learned there's clubs outside of school, which I had no idea. I think you need to unmute one of them, Ramos. You know, one of them, like, I don't know what I touched something and it kind of just went blank. Hang on a second. Sorry about that, Monica. Didn't mean that to happen. Uh, let me just figure this out. I didn't mute it. I don't know what happened there. Uh, that says muted. I don't know why it's muted. There's mine. Come on. It for some reason it says both of them are muted. Oh, there she is. Yeah, it's I unmuted. did it on my end. Okay, great. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so um, okay, so you moved out to Boston with them and just started like checking out the clubs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, then you just kind of. Uh, Switched. Kind of fell off the map for a little bit, you know, I didn't, um, you know, Fernando continued coaching and I supported him, you know, through that with just, you know, attending tournaments and stuff like that. But um, that was kind of it for me. I think once I, like my step kind of back in was when I worked for a wrestling apparel company. Um, mm -hmm. And that was kind of my first glimpse back into where girls wrestling has you know, has come. Mm -hmm. um, well, you where, know, did I, you where did you begin? Like, what got you started from the very beginning? Like, 
96 um, number of any girls for 96. <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, I was on the varsity cross country team my sophomore year and I kind of had a little attitude on me. And one day I, I think just got into it with the coach and I just walked off the mat, like walked off the, uh, off the practice and I wasn't going to just do PE. So I saw the wrestlers and they were running and weightlifting. And I'm like, I can do that. So I just jumped in and I think it was after like a game of steal the bacon, <laughs> I was hooked and the rest was just history, you know? Oh, nice. Um, Josh, want to get on that? Yeah. Um, when you got started, how are you, were they accepting of you? Was it like, oh my gosh, it's a girl? How, how was it uh, at the team in Estancia? How was the coach? We actually had one other girl on the team, which made it really easy for me to go out and try it. Um, looking back, it was a good thing and a bad thing because we ended up as partners all the way for the next three years, um, which ultimately may have held us back. Uh, but in terms of like the coaching staff, they were really accepting. Um, the guys, maybe not so much. I mean, I was focused on my training, so I didn't really let a lot of it. Um, there was probably lots of stuff going on behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of because my focus was there, but um, I never really had any issues in high school. Um, and we had a switch of coaches. I remember, I think my second year wrestling. So my junior, we had a new coach come in and looking back, I think of how lucky I was to have him because he was the one that encouraged us to raise money to go out to nationals and um, to go to these, like some of the first women's tournaments. We went to one in West Torrance that I think was like the first women's tournament in our area. And he was willing to drive us down there and take us to these tournaments. And um, he didn't have to do that, you know? So yeah, I look back and I think I was pretty lucky to have him. No, that's awesome. awesome. So, um, so you had a pretty positive experience then coming out of high school, being in a high school where you already had a girl, yeah. they were kind of used to it already. Um, any negative? I mean, you're at, you're at tournaments, obviously it's not just your team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Boys don't get boys. me wrong, we, we had the support and we were allowed in the room, but um, there were definitely times where inappropriate touching or, you know, you get the guys who are overly aggressive. Um, I mean, you name it, I've probably gone through it, uh, but I think me personally, I kind of went into it kind of expecting that, which maybe isn't the best thing. Um, but I don't know. And then up and through college, like, you know, you saw in the video, I've had water bottles thrown at me, water spit on me. Uh, I've been tripped in the room during warmups, pants, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you, you take the good with the bad and ultimately it like made me a stronger person, but it's definitely stuff that none of these girls should ever have to go through. Um, I know some of the boys might go through it, but probably not as much as the girls. Yeah, I was going to ask that, by the way, like knowing now what you had gone through and all those things and now being a parent of young ladies that are wrestling. I mean, can you imagine now as as like as a parent now, if you, what your parents must have thought? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you didn't tell them everything that happened. No, I didn't. And I, I mean, even 
my mom was supportive. She was always like, do what you're going to do because she knew I was going to do it anyway. Um, but when I approached my dad, he was like, no, absolutely not. Not happening, you know? Um, and it took him a while to kind of warm up to it and realize, like, I was just stubborn and I was going to do it anyway, you know? Um, I don't know. Yeah. And do you think, too, like, that a, a Hispanic family, things like that, like, you definitely have more of a hurdle that you got to kind of come over and... Uh, I, I mean, than, than any other culture, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, my parents, I think, were a little less traditional. Um, but I think you do definitely see some obstacles with traditional Mexican families where maybe these girls are getting brought up, um, and not in every scenario, but um, you know, they're brought up to keep the household and. Um, you know, stuff along those lines and not step out of these, you know, preconceived notions of what a girl should be doing. Um, so I definitely think, and it, it goes across the board with a lot of families, you know, um, yeah. sending girls out to wrestle boys is not, I mean, it's definitely more normal now, but uh, it's still not, it's not the norm. Yeah. I think that too is something that will grow our sport. As soon as we start separating it, and making it its own thing, I think then we'll start seeing the numbers grow again. I think it's For sure. important. And I hopefully, hopefully like, I mean, US wrestling obviously has their own division, stuff like that. But, you know, the National High School Wrestling Federation, I think needs to recognize that that needs to be done because the numbers, Josh, you said it before that, what, the last three years, the numbers have been decreasing in boys wrestling. Yeah. So, you know, can you imagine if we didn't have those girls to add into those numbers, how drastic those numbers would be in terms of number of wrestlers. But if you separate it, now you're going to get probably even more of an influx of, of parents being a little bit more okay with it. Don't you think? So that was, yeah, the, the, uh, the newest statistic just came out and I think this is the first year boys wrestling actually went up and it only went up by 761 boys nationwide. Uh, where girls has just been doubling year after year after year. Yeah. So um, I, I think that once we do make the clear separation, another, and we're way ahead of other states, California is. Um, I mean, Hawaii was the first and then us, but there's so many states that like, they don't even have a, they don't even have a thought of having girls wrestling as a sport yet. And it's an Olympic sport. It's nationwide. It's there's nationals. It's, it's just kind of sad. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, you want to hit her with the next one, Josh? Uh, where were where were the big? Oh yeah, at, you kind of already touched on that. The question is, what were the big tournaments when you wrestled? So, were you mostly wrestling boys the yeah. whole time, except for that one tournament? And yeah, um, and I don't think it was until my senior year, '99. Um, West Torrance had an all girls tournament, and it was pretty big. Like. I think about the number of girls that I saw when I was wrestling, which was the other girl on my team. There was one at another high school. And then I think I saw one at another tournament, but like, you know, once you hit CIF, it was like, there was no girls in the, in the gym at all. Um, so West Torrance, we did the first tournament there. Um, and then my senior year, we also flew out to Michigan. Um, I did like the women's nationals out there and it was still have like the shirt and it's like, you know, first women's and it's cool. it's cool to look back and um, know that you were kind of a part of that history. 
Right. Um, but even more so, like my kids now, 22 years later, are wrestling, and the history of women's wrestling is like it's still being written, and they're a part of that too. So just to have it all like come full circle, um, it's been pretty cool. No, that's really cool. So now this is a, a question I, I'm sure a lot of people have in their mind, but don't really ask, but you're kind of married to wrestling shoe royalty. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I knew Fernando when he was in JC, didn't know him too much in high school, but when he was in junior college and then seeing him go through Boston and then seeing him get the job at ASICS and just kind of seeing him climb and, and then you start seeing him, you know, flying, you know, overseas. And then you start seeing him with these icons, you know, and it's like, man, it's cool to see a kid from Santa Ana uh, get to that kind of position. But what's that like on your end? You know, he's traveling all the time. He's at these big events, these big name people. You had, you had Jordan Burroughs in your house. I know. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. You know, just like you, um, you saying, you're saying like you were able to follow him and stuff. And that's kind of how I look at it in terms of, you know, just a wrestling fan. Um, it's super awesome to see him one fulfilling his dreams and being able to be a part of a sport that he just cherishes. Um, and you know, we can't walk into a match or a tournament without him having to stop a hundred times to like talk to people. I'm like, Hey, we got to get the kids warmed up. And he's like, yeah, give me a minute. Um, but it's been cool, you know, and one thing that I hope my kids get from it, um, you know, right now it's like, it's just the norm for them. I don't think they realize like you, you had Jordan Burroughs in your house and to them, it's just like normal, like who's coming over next, you know? Um, so I hope that like eventually they'll look back and realize that they had a God in their house and, um, you know, just, just how lucky they are to have the opportunity to try these different shoes and to see their dad be a part of a community that now they're a part of. And, um, I don't know, dude, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I can't imagine like him coming home, like, Oh, by the way, I brought someone home, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, Jordan's wife and beacon and the little girl. And, you know, that that's gotta be pretty amazing, you know, but I'm sure it comes with its headaches too. I, mean, I can't imagine being, the shoe guy, you know, I mean, you know, and then having, gosh, I can't imagine the phone calls you guys get whenever a new cool design is about to drop. I, I about fell over when they were bringing back the international lights. I was like, oh, well, every time, every time I saw Fernando for the last seven years, I would bug him because we wrestled the same time era and we knew each other. Um, I went to Calvary, he went to Santa Ana. So we had that little rivalry for a while. <laughs> and um, I would say, when are you bringing the best shoe ever made back? It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. For like seven years, Fernando, I see him somewhere. Fernando, when's it coming? It's coming, it's coming. We're working on it. We destroyed all the molds. We're redoing everything. Finally, the best shoe ever came back. I, I, I mean, what what was your favorite shoe, Monica? Um, I always rock the Adistars. Really? Ooh, yeah. it's Adidas. Girl. Oh, Adidas. I know, I know. Don't tell Fernando. Right. <laughs> it's got him locked away somewhere. Shots fired. You're serious. But, I mean, that, that's a great shoe, though. And that, I mean, that shoe, they haven't really changed it. You know what I mean? They brought the same shoe out. And it's still, still popular. Yeah. Know? Yeah, for me, as old as I am, those international lights, man. Oh, my gosh. They just, 
felt so good for the, especially <laughs> during that era, because all you really had was like what the Gable split soul, and uh, and then um, gosh, then you and then you had Smith's uh, Foxcatcher from Brute. Those are really the only two like major big shoes you had at the time. And then you came out with the international lights and it was like, oh my God. I had, yeah, I still have the black and yeah. pink ones. <laughs> and then I lost my blue and pink ones. God, I wish I would have kept those. Those are great. I saw some guy found one found a box with the tags on everything. I think no. they were like five grand. Yeah. Someone sold it to him five grand. I would have I would have paid it in a minute. They sold a motorcycle and been on it. <laughs> but but um but what's it like for you stepping back? I mean, going back to like you said, like you're stepping back in 22 years later and now your kids are, and you guys are active, you know I mean? I know we got some things we're working on together, trying to grow it locally, but um, you know, stepping back in it now, you know, and, and unfortunately your girls still have to wrestle boys, but uh, what's it like for you being on the other end now? I mean, what's the difference between going out there as a competitor and now watching your kids go out there for the first time? It's crazy. I mean, you know, one thing that was really crazy was um, I went, I visited the Santa Ana High School and uh, they have an entire girls team. And I remember walking into their girls uh, wrestling room. Did you get that girls wrestling room? Um, yeah. And I walked in and they have this entire gym just for the girls. And it was literally like one of those scenes from a movie where like I stepped into the room and I, like my breath was taken away and I just had to stand there and like bask in the glory. Um, because I would have never thought, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it was cool. I got to do some stuff with like the girls on that team and, um, it was really, really wow. neat. And then, you know, my, my personality is very big and I like to wow. go a hundred percent on things. And, you know, we look back and I'm like, how come I didn't start my girls sooner? But to be honest, I feel like it's been kind of a blessing because they've kind of found it on their own. Um, just being around the different tournaments when Fernando was coaching and seeing it. And then, you know, my middle daughter was like, hey, I want to try wrestling. And then I was like, wait a minute, what? Why didn't I think of this sooner, you know? Um, and she started and the other girls, uh, you know, were watching. And I think between the fun that they were having and the relationships that they saw, um, the girls having with the teammates and especially the coach, uh, it was just, it was like, it was meant to be. And they all just started wrestling and, um, it's been, it's been crazy, uh, just to see how they're responding to it, how they're, uh, taking to it. They all wrestle completely differently. Um, but I don't know. It's like, I, I never thought it would happen. Um, but now that we're in it, I'm like, we're in it, you know, and it's, We've been going to like different tournaments. And one of the things that I noticed is going to a camp over the summer, these girls were, you know, there's maybe a handful of girls other than my girls. And you see these boys coming in and they're meeting new boys, making friends. You know, by the time the camp's over, they've got like a crew of boys that they're hanging out with. And my girls are still sitting on the sideline, you know? So I was like, we, we just, we need to create that environment for the girls. And I know the boys wrestling, the girls is great. Um, that's where they're going to improve, but to get them in the door, I'm really finding that it is imperative to have these girls programs. Um, it allows these girls to let their guard down and, um, 
they're not as afraid or resistant to step on the mat when it's an all girl environment. And my girls didn't have that. So I said, I'm going to create it. And um, we've been, you know, hosting these all girl practices and the girls are loving it. They're making friends. Um, and that was, that was kind of the only missing part of it. Um, they go in, they work hard, they're learning confidence and, um, you know, self-defense and all that. Uh, but they're, they're lacking in the lifelong friendships that are potentially there. No, that's great. I've seen the, the work that you guys are doing. I see you guys, you know, even when your girls have soccer games, you're still guys are stopping by the tournaments getting your matches in yeah. the soccer game with Fernando. Fernando, you stay here. I'll take the kids over here. So it's, it's a lot of fun to watch you guys on the outside. I yeah. That for myself. The madness. Yeah, it's definitely madness. But uh, especially because you guys have more than one, like I said, I mean, for me, it's going to be a little easier because mine are so spread out, but I can't imagine that part where it's, you know, trying to run around and, and get it all done at the same time. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, you know, they're passionate about what they're doing. And if we can make it happen, I think the only thing is sometimes we'll be like arguing over who's going to take who where, because we know where the good matches are going to be and who's going to be like, what game's going to be good. And um, the competitive side of us want, doesn't want to miss that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, it's, they're, they're your kids. You're going to do what they want so that they can succeed. Yeah. Well, as a, as a mom who's, who's going through the grind and stuff like that, and now going from competitor to, um, to mom, you know, what are some things that you think some mom should be aware of or, or even avenues of information that they should know? Because I think that's probably the biggest question or biggest problem we have is that there's no real centralized place for information for people. I mean, the forum, the California Wrestling Forum is basically the only thing but I don't really feel like it caters to the girls. I know I can't even post on it. I can't even, I can't put anything so mar up. If it has my name, there's an issue. So I can't even post because it. you get blocked everywhere you go. Exactly. <laughs> like, are you surprised? What? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that, that's the main thing. It's like, I think that if we have, if we can develop something that's specifically for the girls, that is theirs, that they can call their own, their own forum, their own something that, um, will be a central medium hub for people yeah. and even coaches to be able to hand out because it, even if you go to the forum, you don't really know where to go. Even right. I mean, that girl section, but it's mostly just tournaments, not a lot of discussion. I don't feel like it's really welcoming to right. the new parents and, and especially moms because moms are, I mean, dads do like the most, the coaching and stuff like that, but moms are the ones that typically are, you know, transporting, prepping, Planning. The schedulers, exactly, yeah. Exactly, you know, and they're the ones in charge of, oh, well, they're hungry. What at? Where's the food? Right. Or, hey, wait, I didn't know I was going to be here this long today. Uh, those kinds of things, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It, there should be a central location where, you know, for us, we're trying to find girls' tournaments. And we know they're out there, but there's not a central location to go to and say, okay, well, what's coming up this weekend? It's kind of okay, let's check Facebook here and Twitter here. And, you know, let me hit up so-and-so because I know they're involved. And, um, you know, I've been trying to, with, with our girls program, um, develop like a newsletter and be really heavily involved on social media so that when there is something, I can let everybody know and have them on the same page. But we need that on a bigger scale. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, as, you know, 
I mean, well, tell us a little bit about Girl on the Mat. Like, how how's that working for you guys? How's it structured? That's those kinds of things. How can people get information about it? Um, well, right now it's so it's we officially are a nonprofit, which is awesome. Um, and it's it's crazy, like the timing of everything with like Cookie's video and the uh, now this video that came out. Um, like we literally got all of all our ducks in a row for the nonprofit, and then it was like boom can we interview cookie? And then, Hey, we want to do, you know, this little piece on girl on the mat. And it, it has all kind of happened really quickly. Um, but you know, basically we're, we're in orange County, South orange County. Um, we can't cater to everyone yet, but you know, we're, we're doing these practices every other Sunday, um, where we invite just girls. We do like an hour practice and then, you know, we play games and then, everyone comes to our house and we go swimming and barbecue, which has been really cool. Cause it gives the girls that socialization aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just been crazy. We've only been doing it a couple months, but some of these girls, like we had a little six year old come in today and I know the mom from high school and I would have never thought that she would ever step on the mat, you know, and you're going to get girls who, are just so fierce and they don't care if there's boys there, they want to do it. Um, but you also have girls who maybe don't know anything about wrestling and their parents want them to get involved for self-defense and um, confidence and all that stuff. Um, and they go onto the mat and they're timid and you have to really cater to each girl individually. And just to see this little girl step on the mat, it was so cool because she wasn't what you would typically think a female wrestler would be. Mm -hmm. um, so just being able to like open up our doors to everyone across the board, just all we want you to do is come and try, come and try it. A majority of the time they end up staying. We've have girl have girls now who have been coming and now sign up for local teams in their area, local clubs um, with boys. So, you know, I mentioned before, I, I really feel like, yes, you're going to have those girls who don't care and want to wrestle boys because they're just badass. but you're also going to have these girls who are a little more, timid and yeah. by having an environment that is strictly girls it's a lot more welcoming than going into a room and seeing boys slamming each other um that can be off-putting sometimes so i don't know it's just been cool we've only been doing it a couple months um i'm hoping to continue these practices long run open up different you know girl on the mat at different other clubs um try and get more coaches involved where you know, they're willing to do an all girls practice because I feel like that's kind of the the segue, you know, that's that that first step is getting them in the room and having them accept and feel like they belong there. Yeah. Well, I think, too, and I think, you know, some coaches, too, are, are a little bit put off, you know, because somebody like let's say a, a coach is not coaching girls yet, which I don't know why he might be listening to this, but they might uh, or even a parent or a dad who knows wrestling, who knows how to wrestle and stuff who could, you know, even just roll a mat out anywhere and just say, hey, I'll take the neighborhood kids and show them something. They kind of get put off by the term like catering, you know, but it's really like this. You got to be so careful when you're dealing with with trying to bring in girls wrestling, because what I tell people is like, OK, look, we're not necessarily catering to them, but we have to nurture that. These, yeah. these kids are timid and they don't they don't have that natural aggression in them. So we're just going to nurture it. We're going to kind of right. bring it out. You and, know, and and you want that first experience to be very positive for them, especially girls. Boys can kind of get over it and fight through it sometimes. And some girls can too, but 
you want that first experience to be with girls and be so the numbers will grow so much more i think well, as with any sport you know you're not gonna throw your daughter to start no. playing soccer with the boys team and that's right. where that's where the mindset needs to change it's not these girls going to these boys sports like it needs to be divided and they need to have their own thing unfortunately we're not there yet and we don't have any other options than to wrestle with the boys but I mean, once that changes, you're not catering to it. You like you said, you're nurturing it and you're giving the same experience to those girls that these boys are getting. Yeah, and I think too, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong, but did did AYSO really have the numbers before they split? I mean, I don't I don't know necessarily there was 50-50 teams, like 50% boys, 50% girls, in the sense that they were like, Oh, well, now we need to make girls only. You know what I mean? I think if maybe we start forcing the hand a little bit more and start forcing the girls to, to only wrestle girls. I really think that that would start growing the numbers. You know, you, you would see more of those, you know, uh, clubs starting to pick up things like that. Um, granted, you're going to have those elite girls that are going to kind of fall behind because they have to wrestle boys. They feel because they feel like that's the only competition they're going to get. But I, I just think that it's, it's a good thing overall. You yeah, know. and we're kind of in that situation now with, you know, two of my daughters, they're having a lot of success against the boys. Um, and so when these tournaments now come up, like say Freak Show, do we want them to go in there and wrestle boys and get some really tough competition? Or do we want them, do we want to take a chance and roll them in the girls division? And maybe the numbers aren't even there. Maybe there aren't enough girls that are at their level. And it, I don't know, as a parent, we have to kind of weigh all these different options and the benefits and, you know, the pros and the cons and everything. Um, but that shouldn't even have to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And that, yeah, that's, that's a tough decision to make, you know, especially as they start getting older too, like what point are you going to start stopping them from competing against the boys? Yes. Right. And I, I think for me, puberty is kind of the, the age where it it there's that girls are better than boys at a young age. I mean, in almost every sport, and girls are beating boys consistently. But once puberty hits, like I have yeah. a 15 year old son and a 16 year old daughter, it just started to go like this, flip flop yeah. like that. As soon as that happened, it's it's off. You know, you got a you got testosterone going one way for a boy and testosterone going the other way for a girl. So. Um, it's it's a tough decision. I mean, in your case, your daughters are so good. I would probably making the trip. I would enroll them to both. Yeah, we've, both talked, divisions. we've talked about that too. Um, a lot of matches, but it, <laughs> it might be good for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely money's worth, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not that they give a discount or anything for doing <laughs> no. Lord, yeah. those guys, they yeah, got such a bargain. Yeah. yeah, but but also to your point, you know, once they do hit puberty age, um. If there's no girls competitions that's their only option is to wrestle these boys and um yes you'll have those girls who are the anomaly and you know can hang and beat these boys but that's not always the case and it's not a it's not a fair playing field well i think too i mean josh you can correct me if i'm wrong i wish mario could get on um he'd have a little bit more insight but uh girls like amet is amet wrestling boys in competition what, what was the question do you know if I met Elor is, is wrestling boys in competition? I know Katya Osteen does. Katya does. Yeah. Um, 
I think with the heavier girls, they sometimes do because those girls are at such kind of an elite level for their like age and size that they there's no girls that are even going to give them any sort of competition <laughs> until they get to the national tournament levels. Yeah. Um, but I know Kaya wrestles a lot of JV boy tournaments or some JV boy tournaments, we should say. Yeah. Um, we'll see what I, I think. I know Lily's been wrestling boys the whole time. She's an incoming freshman, you know, 19 times state champ or something, whatever she is in California. Um, wrestling boys and girls divisions at the same time at the same state tournament. You know, you know you've won a lot of bears when you don't even go to state because you have bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like I have enough bears. I'm looking. You know that that's pretty crazy. So. Um, and then, Monica, how do you feel about the the combination of the boys and girls state at CIF this year? You think it's a good thing, a bad thing? I don't know. I mean, the I guess feminism in me wants to say these girls deserve their own own tournament. You know, they've worked hard enough, and if they're making it to that level, like give them their own tournament. Um, but I just don't know that that's convenient or cost effective. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but same thing with the kids state, you know, like you have USA wrestling, who's doing a girl's division at the boys state tournament. And. Well, we see how that works out though. Yeah, I mean where's the girls tournament? Well, you know, and the other thing is we, um, we didn't go to the state tournament this year, but we ran into some of these state champs elsewhere and my kids have beaten them. And it makes you, it goes back to that whole level of competition. Do I want them to go to the boys state tournament and place eighth, but have some good matches and really kind of experience high level um, competition? Or am I going to take them to the girls tournament? So just so they can get a bear, you know, and I hate to say that, but that's kind of where we are right now. And something, something's got to change. And I think a lot of it goes back to, having that forum, a lot of people, like a lot of people don't know that there's a girl state tournament. So it's pulling those numbers out, getting those girls out there to these tournaments. Um, but until then, it's like, I think a lot of these girls are going to opt to wrestle the boys because they want, a, they want a challenge. Hmm. No, I, I agree. I, I it's going to be interesting. And I don't know if I necessarily yeah. like it at the same area. I think it's just logistically going to be, a handful, but I, I mean, they say, "Oh, look, other sports do it, and other other states do it." But they don't have those numbers. They're not our tournament's big for boys, and then you throw the girls in, and it's yeah. it's big. So that'll it'll be interesting to see that. It'll be interesting for sure. But um, all right, Josh, should we just uh, start moving on topics? Mark, yeah, you I, I got a discussion with us. What's that? Sorry, you broke up. I say uh, you you want to stay on after and have have a little discussion with us about a couple yeah. topics over. Cool. Okay, go ahead, Josh. Ask, ask so, what you're gonna ask. So real quick before we go on uh, the next stuff, I saw probably the coolest birthday cake ever. <laughs> um, first of all, which daughter was that for? And did you really make that cake? Yeah, I actually used to have a baking business um, for about two years, and you just you just ruined your life right now. You're about <laughs> to get ten thousand messages right now. Um, no, so Alicia, she has had, she's turned the corner this year and she is so in love with wrestling. She's getting up in the morning at six. She's doing two a days. Like she is all about it. Um, and so her birthday party came up and she's like, I want a wrestling theme. And to be honest, like 
we were busy and I was overwhelmed and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm going to go to the store. We're buying cupcakes. I'm not doing all that. But she just kept bugging me. I need to have a wrestling themed birthday party. So I was like, all right, well, let me surprise her. So she didn't know. And um, I told Fernando, I'm like, hey, I'm going to make a wrestling shoe cake. And, you know, he's kind of like, oh, here we go again, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I don't want it to sound bad, but it comes kind of naturally to me. Um, and it's funny because after I was done, like, Fernando was like, oh, this is so sick. And I'm like, no, I messed up here. The next one's going to be better. And um, I don't know. It, but it was cool. She she was excited. And it oh, was she had like a bunch a of <laughs> perfect replica of, like, the JB 3.0s, whatever that newest one is. It was perfect I mean, to the, the just, laces the I'm laces just, were perfect I'm, I'm just saying you got till april to come up with a perfect <laughs> international light okay because april 20th i'm i'm coming for my international light so i might have a little somewhere on the side or something <laughs> I'm, I'm down to pay whatever so yeah it was it was a good time though because she ended up having some of her wrestling buddies come over and they were like they were just like jaws on the floor and they thought it was the coolest thing so it was fun yeah, that that was a really cool cake. Josh is right. That's probably one of the sickest cakes I think I see. I think we see her on that. What is that, what is that cake show that they have on? Yeah, Just, Cake Boss or one of those. Boss, yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. So, um, well, let's move on a little bit. So, um, I, I was on Facebook and on Twitter, and I noticed that there was a GoFundMe for a really cool guy. Um, I saw Richard Perry. Unfortunately, for a very terrible thing. Um, his family's in need and I saw a GoFundMe. I've only had interaction with Richard Perry once. Um, and it was, I was calling him because I was trying to set up a match for Deron Win, trying to get another Somar shootout together. And you know what? You couldn't talk to a nicer guy to be totally honest for somebody who doesn't know somebody calling from across the country. Uh, just super cool. So, uh, did you, I know Josh, you probably heard a little bit of story about that. You want to give a little bit of background about what happened and what's going on with that? Yeah. So, I know that some people that they're kind of trying to keep it under wraps about what happened. Um, I think that the Marine Corps probably feels a little guilty. USA wrestling probably feels a little guilty, but it was absolutely like a freak accident. Um, they were doing like kind of a team building thing from, this is from what I heard from people that were at the training camp down there in Camp Pendleton. And they were doing like a team building activity, um, and where they kind of like gear up in like a uh, riot gear, like, like protective, they got padding everywhere and they got a full face helmet with like, I, I guess the only way to describe it, it's like a girl's hockey mask. You know how it has a little cage, the little cages on it. Um, and they have these little nerf kind of batons, right? These little nerf batons and they're kind of whacking each other with it. And you get points for where you hit them and whatnot. Um, and they were going at it and, it was kind of a freak thing. One of the guys lunged, they were hitting each other. The guy lunged at him kind of like in a stabbing motion. You're kind of like, like you're fencing to get a point. And that nerf thing has a wood dowel inside of it to kind of give it some structure. Well, that wood dowel is not bigger than the cage opening in the, the helmet, but somehow it was absolutely perfect that the nerf padding came off of it. It bent the cage and that wood dowel went all the way up into his eye and into his brain. So it literally like just shaved it. It just, yeah, it, it, it literally just opened the cage a little bit to go perfectly into his eye and into his brain. They life lighted him over to uh, 
one of the, I think Scripps or one of the real local hospitals where they got the top trauma surgeons and brain surgeons there. Uh, from the update, I guess he's been kind of moving and talking, and I think he was standing today as the last thing. Uh, I know it's going to be a huge, long recovery. Um, it's just a tragic event. The wrestling community has been awesome, really. I think they're over $100,000 on the GoFundMe, and hopefully it keeps coming in. I mean, his wife and kids are in uh, Pennsylvania having to travel back and forth. It's going to be a really long recovery. Um, we just wish him well and that it was just, I mean, probably the millions of times they've done this activity, the Marine Corps, I mean, it's part of their training. Um, it, they've never had an accident like this. So it's just a crazy anomaly. Yeah, that's tragic, you know, and like I said, just a just a really good guy. And, and then he's got three small, small children and a wife. And I can't imagine having to, to get that phone call, you know, but hopefully the wrestling community continues to give. I mean, I would. I really would not want – he's number two on the ladder too. I mean, he's, he's backup, you know, and obviously high level. And you know these high-level athletes were wrestlers, were competitive. So you know he was going at it, you know. Whoever him and whoever he was going against, it's – a. and I, I tell my kids this all the time too. I, I always make my kids every day before practice, I make them shake hands and say they're sorry. Every time because I don't want to hear it again during practice. We all know it's it's just business. It's not personal. If I crack you – you have the opportunity to crack me back, It'll, you know, but as a wrestler, you're competitive. You're going 100% freak accident. So thoughts and prayers out with them for sure. For sure yeah. If yeah. Uh, anybody can give, please give. If it's a dollar, if it's $5, if it's milk money, uh, definitely give that out. So, um, so how was the, how was the, uh, the weekend, Josh? What did you have going on this weekend? Oh, for me, it was a good weekend. Uh, we had, a David Taylor clinic over at the training lab uh, that Coach Cal runs in Anaheim. Uh, he happened to – David Taylor's been traveling back and forth from San Diego to up where he trains um, with Coach Cal. He got some work out in. He did an awesome clinic, probably one of the best clinicians I've ever seen, and I've seen him a few times, and I've seen probably the, the other quote-unquote best clinicians, but he just breaks it down for everybody that's wrestled for a week to the kid trying to be the next world champ. Um, the drills, the fundamentals he does, it was, it was awesome. And then at the end of the, you know, my daughter uh, went and we had two other girls from our high school that are brand new wrestlers. They went more than one now. Yeah. Your numbers. Yeah. My God. We tripled. We tripled. So um, <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte came down to come to the clinic also to be partners with my daughter. And uh, as they were getting ready to leave, in comes walking Helen Marulis. So they they were bugging like, hey, let's go, let's go eat. And then as soon as Helen got there, we ended up staying another hour. They were talking to her. She was absolutely gracious. Um, she had to go to a meeting. Uh, she would have stayed probably all day and talked. So for the girls, it was like, oh, can we get pictures? They were talking. She was asking them, you know, how's it going? How's your training going? All, I mean, just, you know, awesome, like salt of the earth. You know, I, I've always been a huge Helen fan anyway, and it just put her five steps higher for me. So they, I had a great weekend. Well, did she know? She might have known them from the club, though, too, right? Yeah, um, she's been to club things, and she's – I mean, my daughter's met her a few times. Uh, I know Charlotte pulled out a picture of when I think she was seven or eight years old. It was the first Marcy Van Dusen camp. 
Helen came down and she was like, it was a picture of her and Helen together. Charlotte was, you know, we little, I think she's 58 pounds and Helen was there as one of the, the camp counselors. So it was pretty neat. Nice. Epic. No, I, so you also had the Titan Mercury bonfire this weekend, right? Yes, sir. So how, how did that go? That was good. It was a bunch of girls. Some girls couldn't make it because of the weekend. Uh, you know, they had other plans, but there was quite a few girls. I think we had uh, three. I think there was three Fargo All-Americans that were there. Um, mm. You know, because that was one of your questions. How many All-Americans were there? Um, yeah. There's there three Fargo All-Americans, two finalists. Uh, it, was, it was neat. Uh, it was good. Good time. The girls had fun. That's kind of all that matters for me. Uh, but you know, my daughter gets to have that little community of friends that she's met, you know, she has friends on her team, off the team, you know, girls that they go to nationals with, they're always talking and, you know, chatting. And my daughter's not really a social girl. Um, she's kind of more stick to herself, but the friends she's made are probably be friends for life so far. So. No, that's good. At least they invited her. Um, so with that, like with Titan Mercury, like how much monitoring do they do with their girls? And and I'll ask Monica this too. Like with your the girls or the clubs that they're on, how much monitoring goes on uh, in terms of their off the mat stuff, like their social media things like that? I I'm sure it's pretty tight. I don't know the exact because I'm not on the coaching staff, but I know Mike runs a pretty tight ship, and it's almost like awkward for them with the fraternization thing. Like they don't even want them fraternizing with another Titan Mercury boy. And when they go to Fargo, no boys at all. They have to almost be like, my daughter said, you have to kind of act like a, a deaf mute person. Cause if a boy talks to you, you just have to kind of ignore him and, and walk the other way. They don't want any, you know, it's, that's not really true because I had a lot of girls telling me that that was far from the case. Okay. Well that's, let, let's say that's the rule. Whether girls <laughs> follow the rule might be a different story, but my daughter happens to be kind of a rule follower. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of monitoring, and I'm sure stuff always gets back to coaches. I know I monitor most of my high school kids um, on social media, and I send them texts quite often. And they might even be doing anything, like, per se, bad, but just dumb. You know, yeah. there's, there is a difference between bad and dumb. And yeah. they're young kids and I send them a text or one of the other coaches will send them a text like, Hey, uh, you really shouldn't be doing that. And we'll talk at practice and we might even wrestle if, uh, it's really dumb. <laughs> like Monica, how do you, how, how much do you think, I mean, do you think that should be going on for coaches that are, you know, I guess having the best interest of your kids in mind and things like that, or should it only be done by the parents or, no, um, you know, our girls aren't, quite, I mean, Alicia is 12. She's getting to that age, um, but she doesn't have a phone. Um, but I can remember when I was in high school, like not necessarily like nothing bad really, but there were things that went down that, you know, maybe made me feel uncomfortable sometimes. And I think I, I to be honest, I hadn't even thought about the social media, but I'm glad you mentioned it because yeah, I think coaches should be involved. I mean, you know, not that every parent's not involved, but um, coaches have a different take on things, and it's their opinions are received a lot differently, I think, um, than you know, a kid hearing from their parent. And I don't know, dude. I'm I'm not ready for all that. That's that's crazy stuff. 
Well, yeah. I, I will tell you that it is absolutely mind blowing. And I know Ramos has seen it. Uh, Richard and Mario have seen it that, you know, they're also usually on the show with us. Um, and we share it amongst ourselves too. We don't usually uh, blast it out. We might send a text to a coach or something, but uh, it's crazy. And since I've gotten the back into high school coaching in the last five years, the amount of things that I would never, first of all, I probably wouldn't have done them, but then to put them on social media yeah. for people to see and like, almost like they're acting cool, whether it be drinking at a party or, you know, vaping or smoking, uh, smoking pot. That's what I was going like, to get to. It's literally, it's mind blowing that these girls and, and you see other girls watching them and their state champs or state finalists or national placer, you know, they're they're. they're it's not like the, it's not like the loser kid. Like, like, I guess maybe when I was growing up, it was like, Oh, those losers did do that. Or it, you know, wasn't talked about, but I, I don't, it's, it's mind blowing and it's, it's sad, but it's at least a realization because I guess I'm a little more into it that I know what's going on and I know who to try to steer kids away from, but it's, it's tough. Kids are going to yeah. make their own decisions and sometimes bad decisions. Well, and they need to hear it from other people besides their parents. One, because, you know, it's who listens to their parents. But two, to know that there's somebody else out there that cares enough or cares about them. Um, I don't know. I, I just think all the coaches should be involved. I mean, it's, I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't think there's a problem with a coach like, like Josh does, mentioning to a kid, hey, you need to take that down. Yeah. Um, I think they, they could pull up all the records. If you're sending an inappropriate message, they'll find it. Right. So I think if you're being coach and looking out for the best interest of your kid, because yeah, I, I saw kids smoking weed and passing a vape pen around. And I'm like, these kids aren't even seniors. Like not that that's a, a pass, but I mean, they're young and they have access to these kinds of things and posting it on social media and they're at school. Yeah. My, um, my daughter's 12 in seventh grade and they had a whole assembly on vaping and there was an issue where, you know, one of her friends was approached to vape and, you know, luckily it was a good girl and she knew to go and tell her mom and they got the principal involved, but it's happening at like these really young ages. And I just think the more eyes that you have on it, um, the better chance these girls won't get, you know, tied up in it. And, yeah. and I, I think the biggest advice for me for um, parents is if you care about your kids, either A, don't let them be on social media. Yeah. Or check it, yeah. You know, like you, you have to like, and not like I'm gonna check it on Friday. It's give me your phone. Let me check your. Oh, right. It's, uh, you know, it, it's got to be active, constant, random. I mean, I've talked to a lot of parents from out of state too, and. Uh, one dad was like, I went through my son's phone and I saw way more of teenage girls than I ever would like to see in my life again. And I, he, he lost his phone for like three months because, you know, if you can't be trusted, then you don't deserve it. But it's happening with all kids. It's not, like you said, it's not just with the troublemakers. It's these girls that I know that are honest and like, 
good kids and they're still getting caught up in this stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's, well, I think all kids, they're going to make mistakes, but they're just so public with it nowadays. I mean, I, <laughs> God forbid, I do stupid stuff as an adult that I post. I can't imagine if I was a, a kid with social media. Oh my God, it would have been terrible. It like, would have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, it struggled too because there's been times where I've had to, as a coach, deal with things that I never thought I would deal with. Um, and you wonder like, okay, is this something I need to tell the parent about? Because this kid could get murdered, <laughs> you know, like, like what, you know, juggling that line, you know, right. something as a new coach, I used to struggle with, I don't anymore. Now I'm like, look, you know, the rules, if you break them, your parents are gonna find it out. That's yeah. it. I don't have time to, to feel bad about it. Like, it's just going to be what it is. You should think about it. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, Monica, as as a parent of a of a young lady, and she'll eventually you know, young wrestlers, boys and girls, um, they're they got their high school coaches, and then they'll probably have club coaches too. Okay, um, how, how would you feel if your child had a supportive coach, and another coach comes in and is like, "Hey, we want your kid," and we're willing to pay for that. Is do you think there's a protocol for that? Do you think that they should go directly to you as the parents? Do you feel like they should go to you as that to the athlete themselves, or do you think they should be going to their high school coach, even and not even involving the club coach, who you know the the club coach is super supportive and is doing everything possible to get your child to the next level. Okay, so my situation's a little bit different because when my daughter goes to high school, Fernando will be coaching her. <laughs> so, but um, you know, it's interest. It's interesting. Um, I think I'm leaning towards the coach, and the only reason I say that I don't have a ton of experience in that situation. But you know, we did start doing these girl practices, and um, one of the girls came from another club, but wanted the girl environment, and we welcomed her with open arms. Um, but then she started talk the mom started talking to Fernando about how they were unhappy with the club. And I won't close our doors to anyone, but in good faith, you know, mm -hmm. I let Fernando know, hey, we need to reach out to this coach and kind of let him know what's up because I don't want to, I'm not trying to poach any girls. I'm just trying to build an environment for everybody to bond. So when we go to these tournaments, they've got friends and stuff. Um, so he did that. He went straight to the coach and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, or a little more attention or whatever it needed to happen. Um, but gave him a heads up and said, listen, like this is kind of what's going down. And I feel like at a high school level, I mean, maybe it depends on what level of competition it is, but um, you know, if that coach has taken these girls under the wing, especially if it's, you know, a single female on an all boys team. Um, mm -hmm. I think that respect is just, you know, do like, let the coach know, Hey, you know, I'm interested in th doing this and this is why, and this is how it's going to benefit her. Um, yeah. then I think that coach will say, you know what, I want the best for my wrestler. And if that means going to whatever club or team, you know, you're running, then let's make it happen. But I think there definitely needs to be that level of, res of respect between the adults. Now, there's a reason I asked this, um, you know what? Give I me knew one there second. would be. Yeah, no, there is. Josh, give me one second. Josh, can you take up for a second? Yeah. All right, we'll let him uh, handle that. Handle that. Um, yeah, I think what he's getting at is like if a 
if a more elite girl is already at a club and another elite club is trying to, and it happens, it happens a lot with boys too. Um, you know, you got, you got these, some of these elite clubs are now paying a lot of stuff for these, these awesome, you know, these kids, it's an awesome opportunity as a parent. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have a club at our school and, you know, currently my daughter wrestles for Titan Mercury because there's a little bit more of a, a all girl environment. Now we don't really wrestle that much at Titan Mercury. It's kind of a far drive for us, you know, with an hour and a couple minutes in traffic each way. Yeah. Um, so we go, you know, kind of like to prepare for state or like for freestyle or folk style state, maybe some random practices. If we know, you know, some, somebody that a good partner is going to be there, there's always good partners there. You just kind of got to, as, as a girl, you got to make sure your a partner will be there if you go somewhere because yeah. you don't want them to be like, Oh, I had too much homework. And then you're, you're throw all that way to wrestle with a boy. When you could have done, right. You could have done that in your own room. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what Richard's getting at with uh, that. And I know it happens all across the state, across the country. Um, hear the stories all the time where, you know, and people get their feelings hurt um, when somebody gets, you know, you put a lot of time and invested into them and then somebody else comes and maybe offers a little better deal, you know? Yeah. And, and then you kind of say, you know, am I going to hold, the, the kid back or the parents because they're saying, Oh, I got less money coming out of my pocket to go do that. Right. You know, it's kind of like a, I mean, there is loyalty and some kids will say, no, I'm happy with my club. Some kids will say, Oh, absolutely. Let's go. What, where do I sign? You know, well, I just think everyone needs to like check their egos, you know, I mean, yeah. ultimately you want to do what's best for the kid. And, um, I'm really big on loyalty and I don't see us ever leaving the club that we're at just because our coach has been so amazing. Um, but who's to say that one of my girls doesn't, you know, start whooping everyone's butt and doesn't have any good practice partners. I don't see that being the case with our club cause we've got some really tough kids, but if that were the case, I know that my coach would say, Hey, listen, you know, if anything comes up or he would probably be looking for places, you know, look at, she's, yeah kicking all these kids butts we need to find her somewhere else where she can get yeah. better when they um, come and when they come and say sunkiss kids would like to uh sponsor your daughter to go travel the world um you know would you be uh, open to that or titan mercury or nyac or solmar well i think say that well, but I, that discussion has to be had i think between maybe then the parent and the coach and say this is the opportunity i think once you start trying to hide things because of worrying about hurting feelings or you know, it gets shady, then that's where, that's where most of the issue lies. If you're up front and say, Hey, listen, well, you know? Yeah. Well, this is, this is where my, my issue is coming with. So I've been friends with people. Okay. And for, for a long time. And, um, I had a girl come to me recently and I had a kind of a falling out and I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be up on, on front honest with this. I a falling out with Mike Duran. I don't have an issue with him. He has an issue with the podcast or whatever, even though he's never heard the podcast. But um, Mike and I have been friends. We've been friends since 2011, I believe. Okay. And um, our falling out occurred after the second episode of the podcast, which was Fargo was already going on. Okay. Well, one of my wrestlers came to me who made the finals at Body Bar or Texas Nationals. Um, and she says, hey, coach, um, Mike Duran approached my high school coach about me joining Titan Mercury. Now, this young lady... Um, she didn't have 
uh, coaches who knew a lot about the girls scene. We've taken her on a Somar, you know, we've, we've helped her, you know, outfit her, house her, do these things. Um, and she's gotten to this level. Um, now mind you, I'm at this point was friends with Mike Duran. She tells me Mike Duran asked her, but he asked her before Fargo. So this is while we were still friends, while we were still on good talking terms. And he goes around over me, even though he knows that we're her club coaches. We're the ones that have helped her get that national exposure. And he's jumping over and saying, talking to her high school coach of, hey, you know, does she want to be on Titan Mercury? Now, we have more All-Americans in our room than Titan Mercury has in their weekly practices. We, you know, have already built a reputation with this girl, a, a rapport with her. We have a relationship with her. And we, I, at that point, too, I was even talking to Mike about what you were saying about doing, Monica, which was, why don't we take specific weekends and Somar go to Titan Mercury and Titan Mercury and Somar go to Pounders and move it around so that we all. So we actually had a good relationship, I thought. So am I wrong in feeling like that's kind of a slight that you have a relationship with somebody and that you don't go to them. And I've always gone to Mike. If I have ever had a discussion or a question about something, there was a time where I felt that uh, he knew that the rival high school's coaches were running a kid's practice that fed into my high school and they were getting the wrestlers. And I went directly to him and was like, Hey, what's going on here? You know, I've been very, you know, I've always had that communication with them. So am I wrong in feeling like that's the slight? I might ha not have the best. I, I mean, is the girl going to do better there? Does she have more opportunity? Does What is she benefiting from going there? That, that was the other thing. That's what I was saying too. Like there's not a better training environment. Not. Yeah. Not, we have more all Americans. We have in the room, in the room, they have more all Americans on Titan Mercury, but in the room, we have more All-Americans. Um, you know, we cover a lot of things for our wrestlers. Yeah. Um, you know, and luckily, luckily she has great high school coaches. She has great, you know, they're, they're wonderful with her they, in terms of like raising funds for her and stuff like that. So it wasn't a situation where, you know, she necessarily needed right. it. It was very generous of Titan Mercury to offer. And I, I would, and if I couldn't help my kid, I would say, yeah, you know what? You know, a hundred percent. If Mike would have called us and say, "Hey, look, here's the situation." Yeah, he. Whatever. I mean, he definitely should have made the phone call to you. Um, regardless of any, I think any relationship you guys had, even if there was any, like ill will, I, I think that conversation still needs to be had between the coaches before you go and approach a girl. And luckily, you have. It seems like, um, you know, a good wrestler who came to you about it. Um, mm -hmm. so you can, you know, be happy about that. But not. I mean, not everyone's going to pay the courtesies that maybe you would to them. And at that point, you just got to kind of let it roll off your shoulders. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, we won't. <laughs> no, no, I, I won't. Um, uh, but here's, here's my, my problem with it too, is that he's also a coach on the women's team. And how do you feel like that's not going to bite you on the butt later? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like as a coach of a club, how do you feel like my kid can come to me and tell me these things and they're not going to feel it later because I have had girls and I'll be honest, diamond Guilford. She felt like she got no love from Mike at all. And she was a finalist at Fargo, you know, and she really honestly, you know, just felt like there was, there was no, you know, she just didn't get in the same 
respect that other finalists got that were from California. You know, and, and there's a lot of people, and I'll be the first to say, I hey, you know Mike's got a lot to deal with. Not a lot of finalists, but you know, you would think like that's your state. They represent your state. You want to make sure they're getting out there. But yeah, in a situation like this, and this is where uh, I feel for other coaches, it's like, how do you know? How do you feel like you can approach somebody or, or turn somebody down and not feel like it's going to bite you in the butt in the long yeah. run? Yeah. You know? And hey, I mean, this just, just kind of got to me. I've kind of steered away from directly saying anything because I think Mike's done a great job. I'll be the first to say it. I had the numbers have grown under him. You look at the numbers since Mike Durant's taken over, more girls go to Oklahoma. More girls are going to Fargo. More girls, you know, there's 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 a series down here now in Southern California, not Northern California, but Melinda's up there now. She's the women's director. Maybe they'll get a series going up there. Things have gotten better, you know, in the years that Mike Duran has held his position. I'm not a Mike Duran hater per se with him doing his job. Okay. Don't like some of his practices. Uh, but I don't, you know, but doesn't mean that I don't like him or that I have anything against him. I don't, you know, any, you know, ill will or animosity, it's not coming from my end. So, um, let's move on from there. They'll, they'll kiss and make up in like two weeks, Monica. And <laughs> no, cause I'm a clown, bro. But see, that's the other thing. Like you have all these pioneers, so to speak, or even newbies like me who are coming in to grow the sport. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of partnerships that can be potentially made, but I, I'm not really seeing it a whole lot um, across the board with different people who are involved. I know you've done um, a ton, Ramos. I know Mario's done a ton. A ton. Um, and like sometimes, I don't know, I feel like there needs to be a, like a collaboration or just more support in terms of everyone respecting each other um having those difficult conversations um before approaching the wrestlers and other situations as well but um there's so many integral pieces and people who are playing these roles and growing the sport and i think from an outsider just now getting into it i feel like there needs to be more support amongst those pioneers you know what i mean yeah here monica let me break it down because i'm yeah i'm newer to girls wrestling my daughters only wrestled two years in high school and one year before that and i didn't get into it until she really got into high school and right. then i started paying a little attention to it i took a lot of heat from it and i'll take more heat from it um girls wrestling coaches are the biggest crybabies and whiners <laughs> in the history i mean like I'm talking and don't take offense to this, but like they're worse than women by 10 times in the cattiness. And, the, and here's the thing. There's the original pioneers that want all the credit that were like back in the day of the, let's say early 2000s ish. Most of them are gone. Most of, yeah, them, most of them are gone, but there's, there's still a few hanging around and they want the credit because they were the pioneers. And then there's the middle guys. I'm going to say like Mike and Ramos, that are kind of the new pioneers. And then there's the, the new, new pioneers like you. And I think I'm coming for you guys. I don't want any hating. Exactly. Do no, I, but I think once the old, old pioneers kind of completely fizzle away and the new kind of group can work together and, and all across the state and across the nation, um, once they can work together and figure it out and how to grow, keep growing at the rate yeah. it's been growing, it, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but as far as girls, high school coaches, and I, I shouldn't 
I shouldn't say coaches in general. A lot of the high school coaches, they're biggest bunch of whiners and it's, <laughs> and it's a political mess. Um, and I tried to stay out of the political mess for the first year and it didn't work. So now I just make people mad by he telling blasted, them they're- He blasted coaches on the forum and they like, they pretty much like barred his tournament. But until they see the numbers, until they see the numbers of the quality of the girls that went there, I don't think any of those coaches are gonna gonna be boycotting his tournament because it was insane last year. He had an insane tournament last year, despite the fact that he called all these coaches whiners and they all got <laughs> and gotten a tiffy and everything. But for me, like I get called a jerk all the time, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Whatever, I'll, I'll live up to your whatever you want to name me. I, I could be the greatest guy in the world or the biggest pain in the butt in the world, but just just give me the label, I'll live up to it. Oh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so that that's interesting. So this year, um, we have a ton of talent coming in. Right? There's a ton coming in, um, and Josh and I were looking at um, some of the some of the brackets fell at the end of the year, and um, we're looking at some of the places that are coming back, and it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, one on ones. I think you've only lost two, maybe three girls. Let me pull it up right here. Three girls. That we have three girls that we lost. So Angelina Gomez, who was number one. Um, let's see here. Then you have the number seven and number eight. You have uh, Lizette Ramos from Stag and Liz Mata. They, they graduated. So really coming into the beginning of the year, you're looking at preseason rankings. And remember, these are rankings. These aren't seeds. So I, I like to make that very clear to people because people will be like, oh, well, you know, you're not following criteria. Like, well, no, there's no criteria for this because it's a ranking, not a seed. It's different. So um, Lizette uh, Rodriguez from James Logan will be one. Sofia Martinez from Ayala will be two. Genesis uh, Forte will be three. Uh, Haley Ward will come in at four. Uh, Chelsea Mendoza will come in at number five. Josh, is there anybody that you can think of? I know Mario mentioned the girl from Davis. That's pretty tough and might be coming down in at 101. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know her name. I just I just looked at the blood who lost in the blood round, and there's actually four underclassmen um, that lost in the blood round. There's Angie Castaneda. She was a Southern Section Eight girl. She's going to be a junior. And then there's uh, Jenna Balkic, who's going to be a senior. Uh, Reina Persad, uh, Santa Monica girl. She's a freshman last year, so she'd be a sophomore. She's and, been, she was pinning people all year, like just. Like she's that judo girl, right? Yeah, she's, she's yeah, she's the little sister of the other judo girl, uh, throwing and pinning. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Melissa Lee is a uh, going to be a junior, and I know they've been kind of really active in the USA wrestling. There's two little Lee sisters that are pretty legit. That'll be pretty interesting. Um, what way did you wrestle, Monica? You were in school. Uh, 105s and occasionally 112s. Okay. Yeah. And then college 125, which was an absolute joke. Nightmare, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, next we're coming up then is, is your weight class. Basically it would be 106. Okay. And, uh, let's see that the state champ graduated. Uh, then you have Marissa Ritchie. Southern section. Um, Suhei Seha graduated. Then you got Justine Burrito, who's, uh, would be number two from Walnut. Um, let's see, uh, Michaela Vega from, uh, SJ2 from Escalion, I think that is. And then Mariah Morales from Selma. Um, 
Then uh, Jasmine Placina graduated, and so you'll have Cassidy Doe from the Gabrielino moving up. Well, don't, don't, move up. don't forget, I think uh, Mariah Morales transferred back to Sanger this year, so she's not at Selma anymore. Oh, that's right. So that's a hit for them. Um, so that'll be interesting because then, uh, do you know um, what's the girl we were talking about that's going to Birmingham? Uh, six, possibly. Uh, she's bigger than 106, but uh, Katie Gomez. Okay, so she's not, she won't be 106. Yeah, I think I think she'll probably be 11, 16, somewhere in that range. We'll see. Jimmy didn't want to disclose it. Yeah, he didn't. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, do we have any freshmen that are coming in that are going to be looking to hammer at that weight class? Well, uh, well, you know, we got Cristal that we missed off at 101. If, if she's going to wrestle the girls circuit, she'd be either in the mix at 101 or 106. I know she's pretty tiny right now. So um, she she's definitely going to be in there somewhere in the top. I would say eight would be my solid guess at one of those two weights. And then you got uh, Sandra uh, Cortez that was a junior last year. She was Southern Section Six. That she's she's the only she's the lone underclassman that lost in the blood round. The rest were seniors. Oh, you know what? Who might be coming back? She might be one. No, she might be one hundred six. Danny Gomez, Danielle Gomez, or Garcia from uh, going to Corona. Yeah, I think she's big. I think she was an eleven or sixteen pounder last year that didn't get to wrestle in CIF because her coach failed to register her. Um, Could you imagine that, Monica? Like, how would you feel that? I know two girls that happened. One of them wrestled for Somar, which was Journey Frazier, and and uh, and this young lady. She, I mean, as a parent, how would you feel about that? Your your coach forgot to register you. By the deadline. How does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> exactly what everybody else there's, asks. With the with the girls, the girls uh, CIF, the way it works is there's no league finals that actually put you in. So in the boys system, your league rep takes the finalists, whatever top two to four, whatever your league uh, qualifies to CIF, and that league rep puts you into the CIF brackets, essentially, to TMI. Well, on the girls' side, everybody pretty much qualifies that wrestled that year to go to CIF in your region. So Orange County has their own, Inland Empire has their own, LA area has their own. Wait, wait, wait. Know. So for girls high school, if you wrestle, you automatically go to CIF? Did I miss something? Yes, yeah. that's correct. It's, it's, it's actually called a CIF qualifier. It's kind of somewhere for girls between a league finals and a CIF. It's kind of just that okay. region. And uh, so you your coach has to go put you in and register you at that weight. And there's a deadline that's, Everybody knows it goes out to every athletic director. It's on the forum. It's on every emails. I got three, four emails. Make sure, make sure, make sure. Well, if you don't register your girl or you don't register at that proper weight and you show up at a different weight and let's say you registered at 106 and you show up on weight at 111, if you don't make that weight you registered, you're out, yeah. which is part of the political BS, I think, uh, that probably needs to be changed. But um it, it is what it is it's a rule it's you know you gotta you gotta have a coach responsible enough to figure right. it out um and i i think there was more than two i think we just know about two because yeah no there was there was a list of them and they they basically the i think i think the whole school like long beach poly poly or what wilson it was poly no it couldn't have been poly it was wilson because nope. poly. Nope. poly. okay long beach poly they missed their whole team they had like two or three studs that were definitely you know masters qualifiers journey their journey whole team an, an, an all-american for us 
So, and so on. Like, I mean, she was tough. But, I mean, they're, they're, the coaches are good guys. They just, they put it off. That's all it was. And they took they took it on the chin. They said, yeah, it was our fault. Yeah. Then they tried to fight and say, hey, can you just get her on? Just her? Yeah. And they, they said no. So then they were fighting it. And they said, well, you let other girls in. And they said, well, what other girls? And the tournament's already going at, at every region. And they said, well, you let this girl in. You let this girl in. And they said, oh, really? Okay, you're out. You're out. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. We're not trying to get girls removed. They're like, that's it. Tough luck. Damn. One of those things. Because even though there was a deadline, like uh, the tournament, uh, the tournament software company, they didn't lock the they didn't lock the registration. Okay. So, but you could still see when there's a timestamp when you right. register it. They didn't lock it like they should have. So a bunch of people added, and if it if some some I'm gonna call it. DB of a coach that cares about their own girls succeeding because some girl can't get in, didn't point out that they were not registered, then that girl was allowed to be in. Yeah. Because I, I think that, I don't know, I think that all the girls should have been allowed to do it. It's not the kid's fault, it's the coach's fault. Right. And I hate punishing a kid for, for sure. you know. And how does it work with the boys? The boys, uh, the league, finals. league finals, and then those qualifiers automatically, the league right. rep has to physically enter them into, they send the list over and it gets checked by every coach. There's, you just got to be able to cross check. And, you know, yeah. I know I, I check registrations like 23 times or 24 times to make sure my daughter was on there. <laughs> they didn't take her results into account, huh, there? Right, but Yeah. <laughs> That's a different Oprah. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow. Um, alrighty. Well, I think we've kept Monica on enough. Yes. Uh, it's been awesome. We appreciate you again, uh, coming on. We know you're busy. We know you yeah. can do a million other things and sit on the phone with us. No, it, thanks yeah. for having me. It's fun. Monica, um, real quick, where can, yeah. where can girls in South Orange County, where are you guys working out? What times? All that. Where can they find um, you? Right now, it's every other Sunday at Grappler Studio from 12 to 1. Um, they can find out more information, girlonthemat.org, on Facebook, Girl on the Mat. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, doors are open, so. Awesome. All righty. Well, Thanks a lot, guys, again. Thank like I said, you. we're on iTunes. We're on uh, Google Play. Make sure everybody subscribes. Push push this out there. Support us, all that stuff, so we can make sure we can get more superstars like we had tonight already. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. Let's play us out. So Thanks to Cookie, too.